0: milehighradio.com
1: And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media there's only one constant, Deb Career.
2: Good morning, good morning everyone. Wow. We have a new year. It is 2015, and I am so excited to just jump into everything that's going to make 2015 so phenomenal for everyone. I am Deb Creer, I am the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And my guest today, I did this very deliberate because he is an expert. On marketing, a little bit of social media, and we'll talk about that, but just in marketing in general. And I wanted this uh, guest today because now is the time when you really should start thinking about what you're going to be doing for 2015. And, of course, this is an ongoing thing. These are not New Year's resolutions that we get two weeks into it and we go, oh, well, that didn't work. This really is something that um, is a program that you can institute, that you can follow, that you can change, that you can adapt. And so please join me in welcoming David Newman.
3: Hey there, Deb. It's great to be here. Thank you.
2: Perfect. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you for those who don't know who you are. David Newman is a nationally recognized marketing expert and author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Do It Marketing, 77 Instant Action Ideas to Boost Sales, Maximize Profits, and Crush Your Competition. David runs a marketing strategy firm dedicated to helping consultants, speakers, and solopreneurs maximize their influence, impact, and income. David is a regular blogger for Salesforce.com and for Vistage, the world's largest CEO organization, and his instant action marketing advice has been featured and quoted in The New York Times, Investor's Business Daily, Sales and Marketing Management, Selling Power, Entrepreneur, and hundreds, probably even thousands, of media outlets throughout North America. He's got terrific free marketing resources at www doitmarketing.com so again join me in welcoming david
3: thank you deb and you know it's funny if, if people are listening don't know me then obviously i'm not nationally recognized am i (laughs)
2: And so we need to fix that, you know, and and that's, that's part of your premise is that we need to get the solopreneurs, the small business owners, you know, maybe not nationally recognized. Obviously, it depends on what they're doing, but we do need to get them found. And, you know, because... That's how they do business. You know, this is not just I have this great product. I have this great service. If I build it, they will come. And I think that is where so many business owners fall down on the job. They do have a great product. They've got a great service. And they think that speaks for itself. And it really doesn't.
3: And how? Oh, my goodness. Well... And, you know, it's funny when you say about being nationally recognized, and I think every business owner and every entrepreneur has their own scope, uh, mm-hmm, their own right. scope and their own scale of influence and where they want to be known and so forth. But, you know, this may be a great opportunity for me to just kind of chime in right at the beginning with a little yes. contrarian statement <laughs> that, that, you know, there seems to be a backlash now that, you know, five years ago, everyone was an expert. And, you know, I'm an expert at this, I'm an expert at that, I'm a guru, I'm a thought leader, all Mm -hmm. these terms that were flying around. Now there seems to be a bit of a backlash. People say, well, I'm I'm a business owner, I do great work, I don't want anyone to think I'm an expert, Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to think I'm some kind of guru, I don't want anyone to think I'm some kind of thought leader because all of that sounds arrogant, it sounds like I'm smarter than they are, It sounds like I'm better than they are. And I say, wait a second, wait a second, hold the phone. If you're not smarter than they are, if you're not better or more advanced or more sophisticated than they are, then Mm -hmm. why in the world are they paying you money? Right. Because what's the opposite of expert guru and thought leader? It's commodity, goofball, and goober.
2: Mhm right, you know, and and that is so true and and I think that is you know people went through this, oh, I can't call myself an expert because there's so many others who know more than I do right um you know, and and all of those, and you I think everyone is an expert in what they do, and if they're not, they need to think like they are because you are so right, if they don't think it, nobody else will either, and so then why should they spend money with you
3: exactly, exactly right, so i'm I'm trying to fight the backlash against the backlash, mm-hmm. you know, the anti-expert, anti-guru, anti-thought leadership uh, movement, where people are. It's almost like a false humility, where mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm just a really good accountant, or I'm just mm-hmm. a really good consultant, or I'm just a really good, you know, I run a really good candy store or, or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but you know, you really have to establish that that go-to guy or go-to gal position mm-hmm. otherwise you fade into the background you just become part of the gray same old lameo business landscape mm-hmm. and you don't stand out and you don't uh, you know you're not one of those technicolor businesses that is able to attract customers and clients and business and revenue the way that your that your competition is going to be able mm-hmm. to uh, if they claim that
2: higher ground Right. Well, and the the way to think about this is, you know, if if I'm going to hire someone or buy their product, I don't want average, so-so, mediocre. I want the best. Now, you know, there's there's obviously different levels of the best. I would love to have a Jaguar. You know, probably not going to happen, at least not in the next six months but you know that can certainly be a goal but you know it it is something where we want to buy the best we want to connect with the best and if you have set yourself up to be average then it's kind of like why would people bother connecting with you
3: well and here's another thing that i'm just this makes me bananas it makes me absolutely crazy uh where small and solo business owners are afraid of premium pricing Mm-hmm. Because what we've been talking about, obviously, is premium positioning, right? But then they say, "Oh, well, you know, my customers or my clients or my prospects—they would never pay any more than this average kind of rock-bottom mm-hmm. pricing." And I say, "You know what? That may be true. You know, I'm—I'm I'm guessing it's not true. But let me give that one to you for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. If that is true." you got to get better customers.
2: Right. You know, and, and we've all seen that where, you know, you've maybe done a business proposal to a potential client. And they said, well, I can't afford 5000 but, you know, 2500 And we go, uh, okay, because we're desperate for that business. And what we should have done is taken that step back and said, my price is $5,000 or, you know, whatever it is. If you want to reduce, then we're going to reduce what we give you. And maybe not even that. You know, you might just say, nope, you know what? The price is the price. I'd be happy to provide you with free resources, you know, another contact, things like that. But the second we devalue ourselves, then the client devalues us also.
3: You are totally, you are totally preaching from my hymnal. Absolutely, <laughs> a thousand percent right. Well, and not only that, but, you know, there's also. Uh, uh, this other concept, where the the perception, the mm-hmm. perception of the value, goes down with the price. Mm-hmm. So you get to a certain price, and you know a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners say, "Well, if I'm if I'm the cheapest, then they're gonna pick me because I'm you know I'm I'm the safest bet because I'm the cheapest and you know this the lowest common denominator." Mm-hmm. It's actually the opposite because if you start undercutting your own value, your prospects and your customers are going to start thinking to themselves, well, if it's so cheap, how can this possibly be any good? Right. And so you start to actually lose credibility mm-hmm. if your price is too low, and you start to repel clients. And you know, if you've been in business for any length of time, any length of time at all, I'm sure you've had the experience where someone let you in on a little secret, and they say something like, well... We almost didn't hire you or we almost didn't buy from you because your price was was too low. Mm -hmm. And we had some fears and we had Mm -hmm. some uncertainty and we had some doubt that you could actually deliver that your product or your service or your program can actually deliver what
2: it promises because it just seemed too good to be true. It seemed too cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it is scary, especially when you're starting out to set your prices, um, because you're, you're always thinking, I'm just starting out or this is a new product or service. And so you want to have a deal, a special.
1: Well, you know,
2: think of it this way. If I go and buy something and then it goes on sale the next day, I get really annoyed. Um, you know, and, and and as you said, if it's a good quality product, I'll pay you know and and, and if you know, if i've got some problems with pricing well maybe they do have something else that they could recommend but you know we we've, we've got to get out of this mindset of what will you pay me you know this desperation type of thing
3: right absolutely well and getting back to your point now i hear this all the time and i'm sure you do too someone says well i'm just starting out so mm-hmm. you know what's what is the good a good rate or a good fee or a good hourly number for someone who's just starting out and i say you know that's a totally wrong question to ask because if you go and let's say we buy that jaguar for you down at the jaguar dealership Mm -hmm. if it's that jaguar salesperson's first day on the job he's not asking himself well this is the first car i've ever sold what do you think is a good price for this first car i've ever Mm -hmm. sold hey you know what the price is on the sticker and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's the first car or the 500th car, the price is the price.
2: Definitely. you know, and, and I think that's key is you don't tell people, I'm just starting out. I'm brand new. Oh, my you gosh. Know. Absolutely
3: oh. right. That's the other piece of it.
2: Mm-hmm you know and, and the way you position yourself with your marketing materials should be showing that you know that that you you've got that background that wealth of knowledge otherwise you wouldn't be doing what you do um you know just because you just opened your you know business doors whether they're they're uh, figurative or or a, a real door doesn't mean that you don't have that wealth of knowledge and and all of those other things that came with it so you're never just starting out
3: Right. Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. That's what I tell my clients and audiences all the time, that they're not paying you for when you had your business cards printed and when you think it was your first day in business. Mm-hmm. They're paying you for that 10 years or 15 years or 20 years of expertise and experience that you've developed in your career, in your in your life, in your, in your profession. Uh, that's what they're paying for. And so it's not your first day in business. It's, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, and, and that's a wrong way to think about it. And I think all that comes from self-esteem, you know, self-esteem right. issues and insecurity. Mm-hmm. And people need to reset their mindset around how valuable and how important uh, their work is. And, and here's a soundbite that may help some folks listening in because I, I know I wrestled with this early on in my career as well. The, the soundbite is you will make the most money – in doing things that come easily to you but are difficult for others Perfect. and the fact that it's easy for us means mm-hmm. that we devalue it mm-hmm. we because oh well i'm sure everyone knows how to fix a car mm-hmm. i'm sure everyone knows how to do a social media campaign i'm sure everyone knows how to do brain surgery well believe me the brain surgeon doesn't think for a single second that oh everyone must know how to do brain surgery Because they went through four years of medical school and a three-year internship and a two-year residency. And, you know, they studied and they worked and, you know, Mm -hmm. very, very intensive training. So they realized that that first brain surgery operation is not really the first brain surgery operation because they've been getting ready for 10 Mm -hmm. or 11 or 12 years to walk into that operating room. We as entrepreneurs need need that same mindset.
2: Right. You know, I I remember one time I was talking to an organization about – Uh, giving a presentation to them on social media and you know the the conversation did turn to what my fee was and I told them and they gave me this blank look and then she said well we didn't expect a fee because you like what you do oh my god and I said really so in order to be paid I should do something I don't like and you know and and yes I enjoy what I do that's part of you why you want to do it but I still have bills I have to pay and, you know, all of these things. But I just thought it was such an interesting comment that she made.
3: Well, you and I are going to co-author a brand new book. It's called Do What You Hate and -hmm. the Money Will Follow.
2: That's it. That's it. You know, and 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 we're just going to, you know, in in part of the chapters is going to be how to survive your ulcer and right. you know, all of those things, <laughs> because it it should be something that you you know enjoy doing. Now, a hundred percent of the time, probably not. You know, there are definitely things that that pertain to your business that you don't always enjoy doing. But part of that then is maybe finding that person to help you to do that. Um, you know, maybe it's the, it's your bookkeeping. You know, you're you're just not a numbers person. Well, fine. Then hire it done.
3: Right. Oh my gosh. Well, and there there's another whole little segment that we could talk about, which is the whole concept of small business owners and entrepreneurs not doing enough delegating and outsourcing mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, there's a great acronym that a friend of mine named Michael Gidlewski, um believes and teaches and preaches. It's SEDO, S-E-D-O. It's an acronym for Simplify, Eliminate, Delegate, and Outsource. Mm-hmm. And according right. to my friend Michael, entrepreneurs and small business owners, this is the, the one area where they totally fall short. And it's the one area where if you improved your ability and your willingness to simplify, eliminate, delegate, and outsource, your life would get so much better mm-hmm. and your business would get so much more profitable because you have to let go. You have to let go to go faster.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the big names delegate. I mean, nobody thinks that Mark Cuban or Warren Buffett or Bill Gates does their own bookkeeping um, you know, or, or whatever <laughs> it is. They know that that's not their skill. Now they might approve it, but they have someone else do it, and I think well, that's absolutely. The key.
3: And you know what? Here's here's I'm already hearing our listeners. I'm hearing in their <laughs> heads their thought. They go, "Well, they're Mark Cuban, they're Warren Buffett, yes. they're billionaires. They can I don't have the money. Outsource it. You know what? They became billionaires because they outsourced it first, right? And you they know, and freed they... themselves up to yes. be more creative and more spontaneous and more strategic and more more thoughtful and more intentional mm-hmm. in their business because they weren't building web pages they weren't doing accounting they weren't sending out emails they weren't knocking on doors they they strategically piece by piece job function by job function figured out who's going to be able to do this better than me mm-hmm. and they found out pretty quickly a lot of people can do those subtasks better than they themselves right. can. And, of course, the reason that we as entrepreneurs don't let go, we don't let go of some of our uh, marketing grunt work. And I, mm-hmm. I, I call this stuff you know, intelligent grunt work. So setting up your Infusionsoft or Constant Contact or futzing with your WordPress website or sending out you know your promotions or whatever it is, this is monkey work. So, hire intelligent monkeys, and I say that right. with love, and i 've got very mm-hmm. well paid, very wonderful, <laughs> very talented, intelligent monkeys on my mm-hmm. team, but that 's not my expertise, mm-hmm. but initially, before I let it go, I was like, "Oh, no one can format this email as well as me. Mm-hmm. no one can can put this beautiful web page together as well as me, and I must have been insane." Because everyone can do it better than me.
2: Right. Well, and of course, as a, a small business owner and an, or an entrepreneur is thinking, but that costs money. Yes. Well, you know, the, yeah, it does. You, you could do trades. You might develop partnerships with people, you know, some things like that. But in the long run, you have freed yourself up to do what you love, to do what your passion is. And so it will take care of itself.
3: Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And the problem is if you don't let go, then you're stuck with all the jobs, the Mm -hmm. strategic, the tactical, the fun, the not-so-fun, the grunt work, the stuff you're good at, the stuff you're great at, and the stuff that you're terrible at, and you feel trapped, and this Mm -hmm. is why there aren't enough hours in the day.
2: Right. Because, of course, the stuff that you don't like or that you're terrible at or all of those things take you longer. You know then hiring somebody to do it or trading it out or you know doing whatever it gets done faster when the ex expert that's that word again when the experts do it for you right great. Well, David, amazingly enough, we have already done our first session here. And so when we come back, we're going to talk more about this and, and how to really provide value. And I think that was one of the things that I was so impressed with with your book is it's not just buy my book. It's but wait, there's more um, You know, because you really do provide so much value. And I think people get caught up in that of the but I'm giving it away for free. Concept, but there's there's a thought rationale to that. And so when we come back, I want to talk about that. So I am Deb Creer talking with David Newman on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment.
0: More stimulating talk radio. Milehighradio.com.
4: Hi, Chris here from the Umbanda gluten-free bakery. Do you get gas bloating, cramping, or worse, when you eat items with wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yumbana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to YumbanaShop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A. S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MileHighRadio. YumbanaShop.com.
5: The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is a Colorado nonprofit corporation formed by Julie and Doug Hutchison to help individuals, particularly children and young adults who have epilepsy. The main focus is to raise funds to provide grants for trained seizure response dogs that may be able to detect an oncoming seizure and provide warnings and or respond after the onset. The foundation also provides MFIT monitors for those in need. MFIT movement monitors are the latest technology for monitoring and individual who, during sleep, may experience seizures, which a caregiver or family member should be alerted to. The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is named for Julie and Doug's beloved daughter, Chelsea, who died in her sleep during a seizure in April of 2009. The cause of her death is called SUDEP, or Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy. During the six years that Chelsea had seizures, no one had ever told the Hutchisons that a seizure could take her life. As a result of that omission, the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation raises SUDEP awareness so other families are not blindsided in the same way that they were. For more information on the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation, please click on the banner ad right here on MileHighRadio.com.
0: Great shows, great music, milehighradio.com. What are you listening to?
1: Now we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest.
2: And we are back, and as my music says, I do have fabulous guests. And today is someone who is absolutely phenomenal. And I have to say, we've never met in person. We have just only known each other on social media. So for those people who do this, oh you can't make good business contacts on social media. Hello. That's how I met the wonderful, the terrific David Newman.
3: Hey Deb, thank you. And yes, it's 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 amazing how you can connect with folks on this this whole social media thing. I think it's going to be big.
2: I think so. You know, I don't think it's going to go away either. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we jump back in, David, tell people how they find you, how they connect with you on your various social media sites, um, so that they can, and obviously, so that they can buy the book.
3: Sure, absolutely. Well, so my whole empire is online at doitmarketing.com. Do it marketing. And uh, there's a ton of free resources up there. There's a 96 page strategic marketing ebook. There's the Do It Marketing Manifesto. Uh, you, there's obviously links to buy the book if you wanted to buy the book uh the book is available everywhere books are sold quite literally so it's mm-hmm. a uh it's a traditionally published book my publisher is the American Management Association who's a fantastic Great. um awesome publisher Amacom mm-hmm. and so you can get the book on Amazon Barnes and Noble your favorite independent bookseller wherever fine books are sold quite literally perfect and um there's a blog of course also mm-hmm. at doitmarketing.com there's a occasionally updated podcast there's all <laughs> kinds of <laughs> fabulous things and there's also quite a lot of free training i I do uh, about once every four to six weeks uh free webinar free video series free training on all kinds of different topics having to do with small business marketing and thought leadership marketing and promoting your expertise and all of those kinds of things and i'm also on all the usual social media channels you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and Pinterest. And there are links to all of those accounts also at DoItMarketing.com.
2: Perfect, perfect. Well, you just said something that I think small business owners and entrepreneurs really struggle with, and that's the giving something away for free. You know, it's the the concept of I've put my blood, my sweat, my tears into this, and then I give it away for free. So why would somebody want to pay me? But I love your philosophy on this. So why would somebody pay you if you've given at least part of it away for free?
3: Well, I I would even say that you can give most of it away for free because there's Mm -hmm. a huge gap between information and implementation. Right. And so... Again, if you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, if you're a single shingle consultant of some kind, giving away your information, because information's free. I mean, let's mm-hmm. face it, I don't care how smart you are, and how wonderful you are, and how talented you are, and how unique your product or service or business is. I can jump on Google, I can jump on YouTube, and I can, I, I can watch video tutorials to do almost anything mm-hmm. from change the oil in my car to reprogram my QuickBooks to, to anything. So the information is free. The information is table stakes. What people really want is they want guidance. Mm-hmm. They want insight. They want advice. They want recommendations. They right. want someone to help them filter through the noise. Mm-hmm. And then once you've established that you're the smart guy or gal on the scene, that your advice, insights, recommendations are valuable, useful, and actionable, now when they come to the point where they say, well, I, I need some help with this, I need to hire somebody, I need to outsource, I, I need to, to find a partner who can help me with some of this, they're going to look to you and to mm-hmm. your business as the stand-up, obvious choice because you've been so helpful and so useful to them at every step of the way. Right. So you know a lot of times people say well i don't want to give away that stuff because that's that's what my clients pay the big bucks for nobody pays big bucks just for the information because as i said information wants to be free and someday it will be and some might even argue today is that day where mm-hmm. information essentially is free mm-hmm. now is it your information is it is it you know is it stuff that you're giving out there in the marketplace i hope it is I hope it is. There was a Facebook post, a a Facebook conversation a few months ago. Someone said, uh, "You know, uh, I'm really concerned that people are stealing my stuff." So this person was blogging, and they were doing a lot of, you know, content marketing. And I, there was all kinds of threads about, "Oh, you should copyright it. You should protect it. You should patent it. You should do all this kind of crazy (laughs) stuff." I just chimed in. I said, "You know what? Don't be concerned." That people are stealing your stuff. Mm -hmm. Be concerned if they aren't. Right. Be concerned if they aren't stealing Mm -hmm. your stuff. Because frankly, I want my ideas to spread. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how many blogs and videos and PowerPoints I put out there, that's a completely different experience. And it's the same with you, Deb. It's a completely different experience from someone hiring you to speak to their group. It's mm-hmm. a completely different experience reading your material for having them personally be coached by you and right. guided and mentored and help them with the implementation coaching. So I, you know, my philosophy is give it all away. Give mm-hmm. it all away. It used to be Here's how it used to be. It used to be 80-20. It used to be keep 80% for paying clients and give out very stingy little 20% here and there. And then suddenly it flipped. In the age of kind of content marketing and you know, thought leadership marketing, now it's 80-20 the other way. Mm-hmm. So let's keep 20% for the paying clients. Let's give 80% away to the world. Now I think today with the competition being the way it is and the marketplace being the way it is and the whole web culture of you know, free and perfect and now, and mm-hmm. it, it used to be good, fast, and cheap. And mm-hmm. now it's free, perfect, and now right. is the expectation. Now I'm saying, oh, it's not even 2080 anymore. Now it's 955. Mm-hmm. It's literally 95% giveaway your best ideas, your smartest uh, in marketing, sales, implementation, ideas, strategies, tactics, tools, templates, everything. And if people are overwhelmed with value, then they're going to say, wow. This is the person I'm going to come to when I'm ready to dive deep, when I'm ready to spend Mm -hmm. money, when I'm ready to implement, when I'm ready to make this happen in my business or in my life or with my finances or with my real estate or with my insurance or with whatever it is you're selling. When I'm ready to sell my house, when I'm ready to buy that million-dollar life insurance policy, when I'm ready to do my monthly accounting, this is the person I'm going to hire because they've been so massively helpful.
2: Right, you know, and to me that 's the value of social media you know, you're you 're linking to articles, and it 's not just your own material you know there's so many other i 'm going to put this in you know my little air quotes experts out there, and you know, and we don 't know a hundred percent of everything, so it 's okay to link to an article from mari Smith when you 're talking about Facebook settings or you know all of those things because again that 's establishing the fact that. You are smart enough to be following Mari Smith or whoever that other expert is and and getting it in there. And, you know, it's, I love the example that you gave in your book of the Rolling Stones, you know, who oh
5: my God. when they yes. when
2: they give a concert, they charge three hundred dollars a ticket and it sells out, you know, before. They even have the phone lines open almost. And, you know, we can certainly hear them on the radio for free. We can buy their songs on iTunes for, you know, 99 cents, all of those various things. But when we've had that experience of hearing their songs on the radio or buying them and putting them on our phones, you know, and all those things, that creates the demand that then I want to see them in person. And so that's, you know, that's that whole process is you've you've laid that foundation that then they will pay what they have to pay in order to, to take that final step.
3: Exactly right. Well, and then the other point, of course, in the Do It marketing book is imagine the opposite of that scenario, mm-hmm. where if the Rolling Stones want to increase the number of stadiums that they fill at $300, you know, a ticket, mm-hmm. you say, well, I have an idea. Let's pull our music off the radio. Let's make sure that they cannot buy this on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that we take this off all the streaming networks like Pandora. Mm -hmm. And now they'll never hear any of our songs unless and until they pay $300 to come see it live. Do you think that'll sell more tickets or fewer? Obviously, in the the, the music business, that would be a suicidal strategy. But we look at the same thing. As entrepreneurs, they go, oh, no, that's a good idea. I'm going to mm-hmm. stop giving it away because then they're going to totally beat a path to my door. No, you stop giving it away, you will go into instant obscurity and irrelevance. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And it is, <coughs> excuse me, all about offering that value. you know. And, and, and I love that concept because I think so many people get caught up in the we can't give it away for free, you know, and, and, or I'll do, you know, I've, I've written a blog post and it's five tips. So I'll post one tip on Facebook and drive. No, you know, if you're providing value, you're right. You know, 95% of it should just be here. Here it is. And then they think, wow, she or he really knows what they are doing. So I am going to pay them.
3: Well, and I also want to go back to another uh, concept that you mentioned, which is very near and dear to my heart, which is about uh, not being being the sole focus Mm -hmm. of your social media marketing or of your content marketing. So when you mentioned, for example, Mari Smith and Mm -hmm. featuring this person and that person and shining the spotlight on others, that's a huge, huge missed opportunity that I don't see nearly enough small business owners and entrepreneurs and even social media people doing, I call this FLOP. It's the FLOP strategy, Mm -hmm. and FLOP is an acronym for Feature and Leverage Other People. Right. I have a blog post out there. In fact, if you want to Google why your business needs to FLOP, you'll you'll (laughs) find that blog post. Experts promote other experts. Right. And the more you shine the spotlight on others, again, you're serving that role of filter. And, mm-hmm. you you know, you're, you're curating and you're mm-hmm. pointing out other cool ideas, other cool people, other cool resources. And so that's going to increase the level of trust that your followers and your fans and your subscribers have in you because it's not the me, 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 me show. Mm-hmm. No right. one's going to listen to a guy who says, you know, here's my blog. Here's my services. Here's my program. Here's my sales page. Here's my products. Me, 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 me that's going to turn them off. That's mm-hmm. going to make them unlink, unsubscribe, unfriend, go away, drop dead, never darken my doorstep again. However, if you say, hey, listen, I'm really dedicated to your success. And if your success is about knowing about people like Deb Creer, knowing about people like Mari Smith, knowing about people like Michael Hyatt, whoever it is, right? If I mm-hmm. start pointing out my cool friends and, and sharing some of the, the pie, making the pie bigger, if you will, <laughs> that's going to elevate me even further.
2: Right. You know, and, and one of the things that you mentioned that's a key part of your book is you know, your marketing cannot be me, 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 me. And you have to think and write like. Your prospect, you know, what what do they want? What's their pain point? And I love the process that you have that goes through um, how to to really think like them, as opposed to I have the greatest widget in the world and you should buy it because it will make your life better.
3: Yes, absolutely. So I think the process you're talking about there is really getting into that buyer persona, kind of mm-hmm. marketing, and figuring out for your prospects, for your buyers, what are their real Uh, pains, problems, heartaches, headaches, challenges, and gaps. So -hmm. that, and those are all on the negative side, Mm -hmm. on the positive side, figure out what are they trying to accomplish? What are their hopes? What are their Mm -hmm. dreams? What are their aspirations? What are they trying to achieve personally, professionally, if they're in a business in their business, but what, you know, what are the triggers? What Mm -hmm. are they trying to, to avoid or solve or fix and then, what are they moving towards and hoping to accomplish or hoping to gain? And you have to do this not in marketing speak or consultant speak or techno jargon. You have to make this really, really emotional and authentic and okay. real. So, you know, and I always tell people this is a lot easier than it looks because when you're saying, well, what should be the headline on this web page? What should be the subject line for this email? What do I say about my company now? I say, you know what? Don't worry about what to say. Worry about what are people looking for. Right. So forget about copywriting. It's about copy listening and mm-hmm. replaying in your mind all the conversations from prospects and clients and customers. What have they been complaining about? What, what what makes them crazy? What are they trying to accomplish? Where does it hurt? How can you make it better? Mm-hmm. Because if you can just figure out on that emotional level what do they want, what do they need, what are they aspiring to, and what are they hoping to achieve, speak prospect language about prospect problems – the floodgates will open and you'll have more business than you know what to do with.
2: Right. Because you solved or you can solve their problem, their pain. Um, you know, I don't want to know that buying the widget will, will do that. I want to know what that widget is going to do. Why is that widget going to make my life easier? You know, I don't, I don't care that it took you five years of R&D development. Eh. You know, all of those, I want to know why that widget makes it life better for me. Right, and I have a little acronym
3: there for that as well, Deb, which is Viro plus E. So mm-hmm. it's, think about, for your product and your service, what's the value, the impact, the result, the outcome, and then the emotional payoff of achieving that outcome. Mm-hmm. So Viro plus E, value, impact, result, outcome, and the emotional payoff. Of achieving that outcome you spend all your time talking about that and people will buy
2: mm-hmm you know, and and one of the things that and it was funny because was when I was reading your book and I read quite a few marketing books you know it was one of these where I'm thinking oh I have to go back and do this because of course I was just reading it to, to prepare but I'm thinking oh, I have to go back I have to go back I have to go back which is you know a good thing and you know, one of the things that that you talk about is how to Really think of that person and, and what they're doing and what their thought concepts are. Um, you know, and, and by, and, and the way you say to do that is to ask them. Right. <laughs> and I think that's where so many people get caught up in the, well, I can't go ask them what a perfect product would be because they're going to tell me things I can't do. Well, I'm sorry. If it's the perfect product, maybe it better be something you could do.
3: Yeah. Well, and that's a huge marketing shortcut is to create something that people want to buy.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and do little focus groups, you know, do all sorts of things where you're asking them. And, and one of the biggest things, and you know, we see this so many times, ask the people who you have helped who are happy with you. You know, why did you like this product or service? You know, what could we do to make it better? All of those various things. But we think, you know, hey, we've, we've cashed their check. We're never going to talk to these people again. We're going to go and try and find a whole bunch of new clients. Ask the people that like you why they like you.
3: Absolutely right. Amen.
2: You know, and it's it's one of those where it takes time, you know, and, and but I think so many people skip that step or they ask the wrong people. It's exactly what you, you were saying at the, the very top of the program where, you know, maybe you're asking the wrong people. You know, they're they're not the perfect client for you. So you maybe that's the person that you have coffee with and, you know, all of those things. But they're not the person that is the perfect client for you. So find those people and ask them the questions. Yeah. Great, great. Well, we are going to go ahead and take our final break. And when we come back... This was something that I I got out of your book that I absolutely loved. And, you know, I want to talk about the 21 day process that you have in your book to really create this strong marketing plan. Um, and so when we come back, we will talk about that. I am Deb Creer talking with David Newman on Mile High Radio.
0: your problem you haven't been listening to milehighradio.com Real life isn't like TV. Bad guys don't read scripts. When a crisis occurs, only solid training will be enough to potentially save your life and the life of your family. At Duty to Act, owned and operated by Navy SEAL Jimmy Graham, our focus is to make sure you have all the training you need to be the first and last line of defense against unwanted intruders. Duty to Act is a professional defense company that offers the best training in the world to prepare individuals to protect themselves and their family members against real-world problems. Of today. The Close Quarters Defense System is the world's best and most proven real-world defense system. Its foundation has been taught to our nation's most elite operators for the past two decades. Other classes we offer are active shooter response, home defense, women's defense, and more. Now it's your turn. To find out more or to sign up for classes, find us online at dutytoact.com. That's dutytoact.com. Or call 720-644-7552. Remember, the life you save may be your own.
5: Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away, along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer, leukemia. Her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died, and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow.
0: Nothing says, I love you more than MileHighRadio.com.
1: And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest.
2: And we are back, and I'm having so much fun and learning so much talking with David Newman about how to really market your products your service and and of course this is something that we could probably do a 5 or 6 hour program on and so we're just kind of doing these highlights which is why i want people to consider buying his book or going to his website because as david said he's got tons of great content there um you know and, and so this is something that we skip You know, we skip the marketing. We don't like the marketing, so we don't do the marketing or we do it wrong. Um, And and in David's book, he has a 21-day marketing launch plan. So I really want to talk about that in this next session. So welcome back, David.
3: Thank you, Deb. And, you know, it's funny, the 21-day marketing launch plan, I've heard so much from readers and from folks that bought the book. And some folks, because, you know, it's in some of the Amazon reviews. Mm -hmm. Some people say, you know, I just bought the book. To get the 21-day marketing launch plan. <laughs> right. And then, by the way, the rest of the book is pretty good, but that yeah. marketing launch plan, man, that's gold.
2: Right, right. And, and you walk people through the steps, um, you know, and, and how to do this. But, you know, my first question is, you know, I'm one of those overachievers. So I'm thinking, I can do this faster than 21 days. Why is it important to really make this process 21 days?
3: Well, I think if you look at all the – because here's, here's the thing with the 21-day plan. Uh, it assumes nothing. So, so nothing is assumed mm-hmm. and nothing is left out. You might be in business for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You might be in business for 10 minutes. It doesn't matter because you can use this either as a launch plan or as a relaunch plan. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have you rethink and relook at everything you're doing. Right. Now, some people have told me, and I'm not necessarily happy about this, but you know, I've gotten the feedback anyway. They say, "David, this isn't a 21-day plan. This is a 21-week plan. I'm mm. not sure I could get through this in 21 weeks." Mm-hmm. And I say, "Well, you know, you go through at your own pace. So somewhere right. between 21 days and 21 weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to be the answer." But it's very, very detailed. I mean, some of it is thinking, Mm -hmm. and some of it might take you just literally one day. But Mm -hmm. you know, there are two or three pages in here about building a website, Mm -hmm. and you and I know that actually, you know, fully building out a website is going to take more than two or three days. But the the strategic, the strategic thinking, Mm -hmm. and the strategic the core writing that you need to do. To have a marketing savvy, market ready website, mm-hmm. you can knock that out in those two days, and I break it down section by section. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know your homepage, your about page, your services or products page, you know, the blog, contact info, other pages that you might need, resource pages, blog, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so there is there is a lot going on. There is a lot going mm-hmm. on. There's all the moving parts. <laughs> Strategically, tactically, all the way from fifty thousand foot strategic overview of who are you and who's your best customer and what business are you really in, and thinking about some of that articulation and distinction and how to verbalize and, and, and how to how to speak that prospect language about prospect problems that we were talking about mm-hmm. before the break. So really everything in the do it marketing book leads up to and informs that 21-day launch plan. Right. So people looking just at the back of the book – and by the way, I, I've said this to people. I said, listen, buy the book, flip to the back, look at the 21-day plan. If there's anything in there that's confusing or that seems incomplete or that you'd like a deeper, uh, more comprehensive explanation of, that's what the first 260 pages of the book is about. Mm-hmm. But if you want the summary and if you want the action plan – then you can't you can literally go through in 21 days and some t- folks take a little bit longer some folks take a little bit less uh, you can actually have a functioning up and running marketing game plan in the next 3 weeks
2: right you know, and and i think what's important for people to remember is this process should take time you know if, if somebody asks you who your your perfect client is now you know, maybe you've gone through the process and you've thought about all of this, but you really should have to think about it, you know, and, and why are they your perfect client? You know, my favorite are the people who tell me, you know, who is your perfect client? And they look at me and they smile sweetly and they say, everyone. Right. And I say, oh no, God. it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and they really do think that it is everyone. And, and I tell them, you know, step back and look at other companies, you know, maybe it's Starbucks, maybe it's Best Buy, maybe it's, you know, whoever, they do not target everyone, because they know they can't, and and not everybody likes them, you know, there are people in this world who do not like coffee. Now, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of sacrilegious, but, you know, so Starbucks is not going to market to them. They, you know, it might kind of hit them for, hey, buy a gift card for somebody or something like that, but... You know, they really have thought about who their target market is. And one of the things that I like that that you kind of talk about is look at your competition. And I think so many people get scared about that. You know, we, we can't follow them on social media. We can't look at what they do. Well, I'm sorry. You better know what they're doing.
3: Well, the whole concept of distinction and mm-hmm. differentiation, uh, you know, people say, oh, you know, I have a very unique business and I'm, you know, this is very, very special. It's really Mm -hmm. one of a kind. And those people, when you look at their business and you realize, oh my gosh, you're saying the same thing that every bank is saying. You're saying Mm -hmm. the same thing that every other dentist is saying. You're saying Mm -hmm. the same thing that every other consultant in your field is saying. I know that those people have not done their competitive homework. Mm They've not done their competitive scan because think about this. Think about these terms, distinction, differentiation, Mm -hmm. uniqueness. You have to be different than something. You have to Mm -hmm. be distinct from something. You have to be unique among a certain set of competing alternatives. If you don't know where the competition is zigging, you're never going to figure out where you need to zag. Correct.
2: You know, and and I have people who say, oh, I can't. Follow them on social media okay, you know, they're probably already following you. If they consider you to be competition, they probably are. But, you know, it's one of those things where you do have to know what they're doing. You know, are they doing a weekly seminar? How many people are they getting at that weekly seminar? Are they blogging every other day? You know, all of those things. You have to, as you said, differentiate yourself. You know, otherwise you are just that kind of little gray floating around guys that, you know, you're not special. You're not unique and you're certainly not an expert right you and and it is it's it is curious to me when i work with people who say you know i don't want to know what my competition does and i always ask them why you know and 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 their thought processes but but i don't want them to know what i do well you know what that's pretty easy you know and, and you mentioned it in this information age they can go to your website, they can, you know, they can be following you on social media, they can do all of those things so they know what you're doing. So don't you want to know what they're doing?
3: Right, exactly. Well, it reminds me of like, you know, when little, little young children, toddlers, when Mm -hmm. they want to make themselves invisible, they cover their own eyes Uh because they figure, Mm -hmm. well, if if I can't see you, then you Mm -hmm. can't see me. And that stops working around the time that you're two years old.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You know, and, one of the things that you talk about in your book is to take your information and their information, take out the company names, and see how similar they are. Yes, that's and I think exactly that's a scary right. prospect.
3: <laughs> oh, you're talking about the section of the Do It Marketing book about the black marker test. Yes, mm-hmm. the black marker test, and this is this is good for anything. It could be your web page, your brochure, a sales letter, an email. Take your material. Take their material, take a black Sharpie, black out their name, their logo, black out your name, your logo, any other identifying information. And if you can't tell the difference between those two pieces of marketing material, you are suffering from Samo o lame o syndrome.
2: Yes. You know, and, and how many people, when they started, they looked at their competition and said, oh, well, they say this, so we should too. <laughs> and and that's then where they get caught up in the the problem.
3: Right, right. Well, and so here's here's the couple things that I recommend about the competition. Number one, I think you have to know what they're up to. You have to know where they're staking their claim. You have to know where they're articulating and differentiating their expertise. Not so you can copy them, and that's, again, it's a great point right. that you just made, Deb. But a, a lot of people look at that, and they do it kind of like monkey see, monkey do mm-hmm. copying. Um and I tell you a quick sidebar story. I have a friend who's the VP of marketing for a small community bank, and he says, "David, I have the worst job in the world." And I said, well, "Why? Why is that?" He says, "Think about it. I'm the marketing guy for a bank. The way that <laughs> banks work, and I've got mm-hmm. I've got banking clients, and I love my banking clients. But this is why they bring me in. Mm-hmm. Most banks, they say, well, let's figure out what banks A, B, and C are doing, and let's do the same thing." Right. And it, it's literally a cloning mentality because they're so conservative, they're so risk averse that they figure the best marketing that they can do is to look like, sound like, and act like every other bank. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is if your bank looks like, acts like, and sounds like every other bank, you're dead meat. You're dead right. in the water. It's game over.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I because think you
3: have to know where the other folks are in your competitive space so that you can. Meaningfully differentiate yourself, and when I say meaningful, I don't mean meaningful to you. I don't mean meaningful to the CEO or the VP of marketing. I don't mean meaningful to you as the entrepreneur. I mean meaningful to your prospects. Right. What's going to move the needle for them to sit back and go, "Whoa, this is like this is like no other bank I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. This is like no other consultant, no other dentist, no other financial advisor." That I've ever met. This looks different. This looks smarter, faster, better, and awesome.
2: Right? You and and it. It's all about building those relationships with people <clears throat> you know and and I talk about that so much because social media is about building those relationships, and you know you're you're building that relationship so that they know why you're special, why you're different, why you have differentiated yourself um you know and and so it it is about <clears throat> excuse me, providing extra value, you know we mentioned you know giving products and services away for free. But being that go to person, um, you know, and and one of the things that you talk about in your book, and it's funny, I had um, Ava Diamond on a couple weeks ago and she was talking about how one of the best ways to get business is to go and speak about it, you know, whether it's the chamber, whether it's, you know, the the um, uh, your church group, whatever it is. That helps to establish the fact that you are an expert, is when you get up there in front of one, two, 200, 300, you know, more people and and speak to them about it.
3: Yes, absolutely. Well, and one of the key concepts also, and I love Ava, and she's very smart, and uh, we're, we're both members of the National Speakers mm-hmm. Association, so that's how I know her. Uh, So really super smart advice. In the Do It Marketing book, I talk about your 3PR game plan. Yes. And the 3PR game plan is your uh, personalized professional public relations. Mm -hmm. So it's three Ps and an R. So that's why it's called 3PR. Uh, But the three legs of that stool – uh, speaking, and by speaking, I mean speaking to targeted groups. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even necessarily say just pop down to the chamber because the chamber is a general group,
5: right? But and if, it might you not say, have okay, your experience. I, I want to
3: get in front of um, real estate agents. I want to get in front of you know uh, business executives in the technology industry. I, I, I want to get in front of uh, chief financial officers. All of those groups. Have meetings, they have associations, they have mm-hmm. trade and, and, and professional groups and conferences that they go to. If you can be seen there as a speaker and you're the person at the front of the room talking about your expertise to a targeted group, that is one leg of the three part stool. The second leg of the stool is publishing. And by publishing, I mean publishing a blog or mm-hmm. a newsletter or Uh, even getting published in some of those trade and and professional magazines, websites, Mm -hmm. blogs, and portals. And then the third leg of the stool is social media and being visible and being useful and being present on those same social media platforms where that targeted group congregates. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a business-to-business setting, you're all about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. If you're in a business-to-consumer setting, you're all about Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you're marketing to women, it's probably more about Pinterest because mm-hmm. Pinterest still has a very strong female demographic. So those three things, the, the three PR game plan is made up of speaking because speaking raises your visibility. It's made up of publishing because publishing raises your credibility. And it's made up of social media because social media raises your shareability. Right. So if you're visible, credible and shareable <laughs> – Again, you're going to be a dominant force in that market that you want to serve.
2: Well, and how many times when we're getting ready to work with someone or refer to them, we Google them. You know, and, and so we want to see what have they published. You know, is there a photo of when they spoke before the CPA organization? You know, all of those things. And, and I, any more it's a detriment if you don't find anything. Now, I do tell people, you know, they, they do that, but I'm scared of social media. Uh, okay, you know, get over that. But, you know, you have to be there and, as you said, be present. Um, this is not let's set up a Facebook page and never go back to it right. or, you know, set up your LinkedIn page and never go back sure. to it. You have to be there and be present because if somebody looks at that information and they go, "Wow, well, this is old, Then that this is old thought process goes through everything, you know, and and, you know, maybe they were quoted in the New York Times or your Wall Street Journal 20 years ago. Okay, that's great. But it's it's it is a what have you done for me lately type of of concept, you know, so if if they haven't been quoted recently, I'm probably going to go on to the next person.
3: Exactly right. Exactly right.
2: Well, you know, we've, we've gone through several steps in the book and, and one of the things that struck me was that, you know, there's, there's some people who come across as desperate and we have to get out of that mindset, you know, and, and whether you are desperate to pay the bills or desperate to start your business, you don't have to show that desperation. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I network fairly often here in Atlanta and there are people that I see them every month. And they're with a different organization every month. <laughs> you know, I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, or they're with multiple organizations. You know, the, I'm the, I sell cosmetics and then I also sell life insurance. And oh, I'm a mortgage person on yeah, the, you know,
4: totally. And,
2: yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because in this economy, you know, there are people who have to have more than one job. Pick one. <laughs> if you're at, say, a chamber event, well, then maybe you're there selling life insurance and you're not going to tell them about the other two things, um, you know, and, and things like that. But that desperation, I think, comes through, you know, and, and if it's, you know, if, if somebody is, you know, the, the, uh, it was funny. I was at a networking event in Denver several years ago and this woman came up and thrust her business card at us, you know, and then ran off. We're like, wait, wait, come back she had bet her husband that she could give away all 250 of her brand-new business cards. That was why she was there. You know, and, of course, we looked at her business card and threw it away. We could have cared less why she was there. Sure. But, you know, it's it's, clearly it comes back to what you were saying at the start. She wasn't taking herself seriously, so why should we take her seriously?
3: Yeah, boy. Well, in this whole desperation thing, um, you know, it's it's, – there's a cliche, of course, of fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that you need to fake it until you become it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is not one of these things where it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just, the, I'm the desperate goober at the chamber that's mm-hmm. forcing my business card into everyone's hand. I'll tell you another example. I, I was at a networking event a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about Infusionsoft, which is great software. I don't happen to use it, but a lot of my clients use it, and it's wonderful. Uh, so we were talking about this. A guy chimes in. He says, "How is it for poor people?" <laughs> I said, "Well, it's probably a terrible platform for poor people." But right. why in the world would you say that to someone? I know. You know, it's like it's almost like there's some noble, there's some nobility in poverty, or there's some, <laughs> you know, it, it's it being successful is dirty or is is is, is you know not noble. And I'll tell you, this whole thing about the the noble, poor entrepreneur, that has to go out the window. I mean, you need to work hard and work fast to make as much money as you possibly can. And by the way, if you have this anti-money mindset, that's going to kill you faster than anything.
2: Right. I mean, you have to
3: really develop a love affair with (laughs) money. And not not by way of greed, not in a self-centered way, but the more successful you are and the more successful your business is, the more good you can do with that money in other areas of your life.
2: Yes. You know, and and I think that's what's so important because, you know, maybe then you can do a Habitat for Humanity house or, you know, give to, to your favorite nonprofit, all of those things. but. You have to have something to give before you can give.
3: It's like the airlines say, secure your own mask before assisting others. Yep. Perfect, And there's so many entrepreneurs that say, no, no, that mask isn't for me, and that's why they're gasping for air and suffering and not making the money that they deserve.
2: Right. Oh! And what a way to wrap this up. That is an absolute perfect analogy for everyone to remember is you have to take care of yourself first. You know, this is not being selfish. This is not being self-centered. This is taking care of your business so that then you can do other things.
3: Do well so you can do good.
2: Great, great. Well, David, one last time, tell everybody how they find you online.
3: Sure, well a ton of resources again online at doitmarketing.com and if for folks that are interested in buying the book, there's a whole bunch of free downloads and companion resources at doitmarketing.com/book.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the program. Hopefully, this will get people started on their marketing plans for 2015. And as we said, this is an ongoing process. This is not let's do two New Year's resolutions and then forget about it. Excuse me. You need to keep doing this. You know, so, you know, again, thank you, David. Excuse me. I have a furball all of a sudden. Um, Join us next week when I talk with Patrick Almond about how to really get out there and stop doing nothing. So I am Deb Creer. I've been talking with David Newman on Mile High Radio. And everyone have a fabulous day.
4: Thank you.